Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for listening to AFR. On this Tuesday, February the 8th, and um, joining me in studio is Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Tim. We be in Tupelo, Mississippi, and our brother Ray Pritchard's in Kansas City, Kansas. How you doing, Ray? Hey, I'm doing good, Tim. How are you? You were out last week traveling the country. Where were you? I was in New Jersey at America's Keswick, wonderful Bible conference there in central New Jersey, speaking to pastors from all over the Northeast. Had a terrific time. It was a uh, was a little chilly, a lot of snow up there from that big snowstorm, but uh, we made it through. Had a wonderful time, and it's good to be back home. Absolutely, uh, good to glad you had a safe trip and uh, was able to minister to those those guys. So this was a, like a pastors' conference or something, or what? Right, there were pastors from uh, all across Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey. They braved the snow. You know, there was this big snowstorm that came right. through. I thought maybe it might even wash out the conference. But, you know, up in the Northeast, they're used to that, right? It's, uh, you know, it's, it's different down south, but in the Northeast, well, you know. So what is 12 inches of snow? You just know. get your shovel, move it out of the way, and keep on going. Those I, guys were tough. I, I experienced that about, uh, I guess it was about three or four years ago, Allison and I were in New York, and we were there a day ahead of our um, – our, to meet our group to go to Israel. Right. This was in March, and uh, they had ten inches, I think. The ten inches. This is like twenty four, thirty six hours before our flight, and I was thinking to myself, "Wow, this is gonna. I don't know. People aren't gonna be able to get here. Yada yada yada. Um, you know, we're gonna half our group's gonna be. This is gonna be a mess. And so, but actually. Uh-huh. Uh, they got those runways cleared off, and they got the road streets cleared off. Probably in about I don't know six, ten hours. Yep. With those plows, mm-hmm. and I, Ray and I was Fred, Fred. I was just looking. Of course, Fred. Ray spent twenty years in Chicago. You grew up in uh, in uh, Canada, so you guys are familiar with what I'm talking about. But for a for a southern boy looking out the window, I'm going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is the end of the world. <laughs> Yeah. Huh? This end of the world, but I was thinking, of, I was thinking to myself, uh, wow, you know, if this happened back home, um, it, it'd be the end of the world. Yeah, too. it would. You, you would never hear from us again. Um, Mississippi has slid off into the Gulf due to snow. Well, when you live in a place where winter starts <clears throat> in late October, yeah, and runs through to the end of April and early May, right? Uh, you have the equipment to deal with it. And, uh, you know, I was watching a a program the other evening uh, out of Alaska, big airport up, Ted Stevens Airport, one of the busiest airports in the world, big, a lot of transport, freight, et cetera. They never stop plowing. Basically, that's it, to keep all those runways open. Yeah. They've got about eight plows out on every runway operating to keep that open. That is just part of life. Uh, Yeah. and And that's why... They don't get too upset about five, six, seven inches of snow. That's that's a that's a normal day. That's a good day. 
Oh, I guess it's just what all you get used yep. to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, folks, Dr. Frank Turek will be with us in just a few minutes, so you want to stay tuned for that. And then Sandy Rios at the bottom of the hour. Sandy, if you hadn't heard already, uh, listening to her show, she's got some great news to report about uh, a story that happened with one of her listeners, one of the listeners to American Family Radio, so that's going to be an encouragement to you. Uh, so a lot to talk about today. First up, Fred, is what? What does the trucker protest in Canada have to do with governors of several Democrat-run states? Here's the commonality. Something's going on with regards to the patience of the American people, Canadian people, with regards to mandates. Yesterday, about 24 hours ago, we found out that the Democrat governor of New Jersey said he was ready to lift the school mask mandates. Well, I was looking uh, a few hours later. Now it's up to four Democrat governors. Governors in Connecticut, Delaware, New Jersey, and Oregon, all announcing yesterday, within less than a 24-hour period, eh, we don't think we need those mask mandates anymore at our schools. And so slowly they're going to, to stop all of this. Mm, all blue states. Blue states. Yeah. They're getting rid of the mask mandates, especially for the children in schools. Mask mandates all together? Mask sure. mandates all, all together. Okay. And this is the interesting thing. Of course, in Virginia, at the election in November, uh, Governor uh, Youngkin announced right. executive order as soon as he was sworn into office uh, that he was going to leave it up to the parents to decide whether they want their kids wearing masks. Now, he's getting some blowback from a few of the school districts up there and probably going to end up in courts. But here's the thing, and I was listening to Carl Rove. He was on Fox just a few minutes ago. I think there's an Axios poll that's out this morning. And basically, overall, the American people have headed with the lockdowns, headed with the mask mandates. And these decisions by these Democrat governors, does it have to really do with health or does it have to do with politics? And I believe it has to do, what the experts are now saying, it has to do with politics. Mm -hmm. They're saying enough is enough. We want, we want it done with the governor, you know, government suppression of our freedoms, and uh, we want out of this. And these Democrats are saying, you know what? Because in New Jersey, in the November election, the Democrat governor there barely squeaked by on, on the win right. in that state. And so I think these other governors are saying they're putting their fingers to the political winds and they're saying even liberals in those states are saying enough with my kids and the, and the masks at school. We don't want this anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, these governors, Fred, they can read the poll results. <laughs> they know what their constituents are saying. Look, this Omicron virus, as bad as it's been this, this, this way, apparently the numbers are going down all over the country. Fred, I think you hit it right exactly dead on. People are tired. They're tired of being told to take a vaccine that may or may not be effective for them. They're tired of lockdowns. They're tired of, really tired of what's happened inside the school systems. Our kids being forced to go to Zoom classes for months on end. So I I think at long last, even among the deep blue states in the Northeast, governors are waking up. You know, whether it's politics or not. Look, if you're a governor, everything is politics, right? So I think we ought to be really glad for that. They also understand, don't they, the midterms are coming up in November, and people across the country are just fed up. Yeah, uh, And you know, guys, you know what I think played into this as well? 
that picture of Stacey Abrams. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. part of the calculus. Stacey Abrams is the uh, Democrat uh, gubernatorial candidate in Georgia. She's she's known across the country, uh, and she was uh, she, she her her campaign. You talk about dumbest political moves of the decade. Her political her her campaign decided it was a good idea mm-hmm. to put out a photograph of her at a school in, I think, the greater Atlanta area where she had been reading to children Yes, uh, for Black History Month. And the picture is of her sitting on the floor, smiling without a face mask on. Uh, most of you have seen this. And all the little children behind her are masked up. They look like little robots. And, 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 and so it was the, it was the epitome of liberal elitism. Yes. What mask for thee, but not for me. Did you hear what she had to say to defend herself? She's uh, here's what she said. She said, I wanted to ensure the kids understood what I was saying. So I took my mask off. Oh, I, she said that since yesterday. I didn't yes. know it. So I took my mask off so the kids could understand what I was saying. Oh, well, that's precisely the point. That that's pe- it. Yeah, that people have been making all along that kids can't learn if they can't watch their teacher's mouth move and see their facial expressions. Exactly. Yeah, so she, she, man, she swung a miss <laughs> twice right there, okay, on that. But I just uh, – that that went that went viral. It went all over the country, and there was nothing anybody could. Eat. She was even getting condemned by the liberal ladies on the View. Yes, uh, used ladies. Uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I should use that or not. But anyway, you get the idea. She's being uh, so. It it was just a a, a gift to her Republican challenge uh, the Republicans in in Georgia and across the country. It just I think that did play into it. I thought. Well, it's it's indefensible any longer. Masking children anyway in the first place. Yes. There's no science to that. That's right. Children are not at risk. Nope. Uh, from the COVID, any of the COVID, quite frankly, and by not at risk, I mean like tiny, minuscule mm-hmm. uh, chance that they will get sick, or even worse, that they would you know get get hospitalized uh, by by COVID. So. This is all. This is what the Democrat senator from the state of Virginia, not a national. He's not a. Uh, uh, he's not a uh, senator to Washington D.C. He's a state senator in Virginia, but he's a Democrat from Fairfax County. Chap Peterson is his name, and he's had it uh, too. <laughs> Here's huh? what he had to say: For the past two years, we have seen the lives of our children disrupted and destroyed by a pandemic that posed little or no threat to them physically. Too many decisions involving children have been dictated by political expediency. As a parent, I've had enough. In the coming days, I will ask the governor to either send down special legislation or amend existing legislation so as to end the forced masking of children. We will pass that with a bipartisan majority, and this sad episode will finally end. Whoa. End quote. I'm looking at you, Fairfax County and Loudoun County. Yes. That's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, and the Democrats control the, still control the Senate in Virginia. Yeah, but, so, he, but he's saying we'll, we'll have bipartisanship for this. It's time to end this charade. It's time to end it. Yeah. 
And uh, so, anyway, that's so. You got four Democrat governors. You got Democrat state legislators. Uh, all of, so all over the country now, uh, the, the mask mandates are being uh, done away with, mm-hmm. and and people are ready to get back to normal. Yep. All right, you're listening to today's issues. If we can even remember what normal is any, anymore. Uh, you're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio. Should you want to watch the show on the internet, go to Facebook or YouTube. Facebook or YouTube, we live video stream this show. Just type in today's issues and you can uh, you can watch the show there. And we post the stories also that we discuss on our Facebook page. So every Tuesday, most Tuesdays, that he's available, Dr. Frank Turek joins us, president of Cross-Examined ministries and host of the weekend program here on afr by the same name cross-examined good morning frank good morning you know my wife wants me to wear a mask 24 7 in the house because she thinks i look better and she doesn't want to hear what i have to say anyway mm. <laughs> wow well i don't know exactly what to say right to that. and today is our 36th anniversary ah uh, Congratulations. Hey, congratulations. Yeah, yeah no. We're, so, so what are y'all doing? You going we're out We're good. To we're going to our favorite restaurant tonight. That's what we're doing. Okay. Is that Wendy's right. or what is it? It's actually a place called Yama. It's a, it's kind of a sushi fusion place. It's, it's good here in Wait, Charlotte. I know what sushi is. What's fusion? I don't know. It's fusion is, you know, they I guess they pulled together a whole different kind of Japanese uh, oriental foods together and you can... You can eat sushi, you can eat, like, teriyaki and all sorts of kind yeah. of uh, still don't Asian know, food. I still don't know what fusion is right there, yeah. your definition. You don't either, I guess. No, but I don't, but It doesn't good. matter. It tastes good. Whatever it is. <laughs> Whatever it is. I could, I could be eating octopus legs. That's I right. guess that's what calamari is, right? Yeah. So, Just yeah, with, that's, uh, anything with soy sauce on it tastes great. That's right. It's better. <laughs> mm. Oct- yeah, they don't call... You don't you don't see uh, the menu. It says calamari. You, it doesn't yeah, say oct- right. it doesn't say octopus legs. Right. Squid, squid, squid. I think yeah. Americans would pass on that. You call it something. You call it calamari. Mm. That's right. They'll give we, it. We, we used to use that to catch like crabs or fish or something. And <laughs> now we're now it's a delicacy. <laughs> all right, all right. So, uh, your what's your website? And what's there? Crossexamined.org. That's what we do. Uh, we cross-examine uh, arguments against Christianity, and of course, we provide evidence for Christianity. Go to a lot of colleges, high schools, churches, and and then you go to Louisville University. Of Louisville? I was at I was at University of Louisville and University of Kentucky last week. So uh, what happened there? Uh, the whole world blew up. No, it was it worked out <laughs> well actually. We we had a few hundred in the. At, at Kentucky and a couple hundred at Louisville, and then we streamed it so people can see it on our YouTube channel, including all the Q and A. We had a we had a pretty uh, annoyed atheist in one of them in Louisville, so that was kind of fun. Uh, How long do you give an annoyed atheist when you're because you, it's oh, an open it's an open mic Q and A? It's right? an open mic. Oh, she, she went on probably for six seven minutes. Yeah. Wow! Before so. she got to her question. Well, no, we went back and forth. Oh, okay. It's one of these things where she was kind of annoyed that I had had some fun jokes in my presentation that she thought I was alienating people. Like, for example, <laughs> here's, 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 here's one of and this is a true story. Um, one of the reasons that I think, among many, that the New Testament writers are telling the truth is because they put embarrassing things in the text they never would have 
done if they were making it up. Like, for example, the women are the first witnesses in all four Gospels. Mm-hmm. And in, in that culture, a woman's testimony was not considered on par with that of a man. So you, you would never say, if you're trying to pass off a lie as the truth, that the women were the first witnesses. This is also embarrassing to men, too. Where were the men? They ran away and hid for fear of the Jews. So I actually said during this this presentation, I said, I actually, I said, and this is true, I had a woman come up to me once, and she said, I know why Jesus appeared to the women first. And I said, why? And she said, because he wanted to get the story out. Right. And, and just about everybody laughs at that. And she was annoyed. Well, you're alienating women, and that's a stereotype. Well, actually, it's not a stereotype. You can look at the data. Women tend to speak more in personal relationships. Men tend to speak more at work. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, the women told their their friends about Jesus resurrecting from the dead. So it seems to me, I don't know about you, but there are, I've noticed that there are people out there who are, particularly on the left, who are completely humorless. I mean, completely. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you can't make a joke or they're just going to, they're going to fold their tent and say, you're evil, you're mean, you're mm-hmm. alienating people. This is why somebody like Jerry Seinfeld, who is probably the cleanest comedian ever, will not go to a college campus. He says, I won't go because you can't make fun of anything. And humor, it, it, you're making fun of something. It, there has to be an element of truth in humor for it to, for it to, for it to actually be funny. And people can't in any way joke, it seems, if they're on the left. They just, they're, they're too yeah. tightly wound. So that was, that was really one of her objections that I, I had jokes in there that were, that were, that were putting forth gender stereotypes. Well, it's not a gender stereotype. It's actually data. But anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> the, there you go. Those hilarious atheists. Yeah. Just, huh? They just. That's not true of all atheists. But I, I noticed I know, the people on the left. You know. I know. All right. Let's talk about the question at hand. Uh, okay. What is for, it for this week? Which is. Why uh, does God approve of you? I don't know. You tell me. Well, <laughs> Am I supposed to answer that? Well, that's the question I have on my sheet to pitch to you. <laughs> Why does God approve of you? What is that talking? What are you talking about here? Well, I think a lot of times we think that God approves of us because of our our, obedi- our obedience or our holy behavior, if if that's possible, or the fact that we give to the church, or the fact that we go to church, we're you know we're there every Sunday, and we're we're ushers, and everybody knows us, or we're going to the right denomination, or we're using our gifts or talents rightly, or we've achieved some sort of achievement that everybody knows about, or we have some big social status, or even you know we're supporting the right political party, or or what. Is that really why God approves of us? Because I don't think that's the answer. I think God approves of us because of what he did for us. Amen. In other words, our identity doesn't come from what we do for Christ. Our identity comes from what he did for us. And we tend to think that we're going to self-justify ourselves. We're going to be self-righteous because we're checking all the boxes we're going to be our own savior. Okay. All right. Uh, this is one of those where, yes, fundamentally, and first and foremost, what you said is true. I better be careful. I'm getting in trouble here how I phrase this. All right. But subsequent to our repentance mm-hmm. and our 
and Jesus uh, and God offer us eternal salvation because we repent of our sin and trust totally on the work of Christ on the Christ on the cross. Mm-hmm. That is fundamental number one to Christianity. Right. Okay. But subsequent to that, God does look at our obedience and our behavior and the things that we do for the kingdom, right? Oh, he does, but he doesn't love us any more because of it, because he's an infinite being who loves us infinitely. In other words, you can't add to God because, uh, or you can't make him love you more because you do good, and you can't make him love you less because you do evil, because he's an infinitely loving being. Now, there are consequences, obviously, on both sides of that coin, but God's love is is fixed on us because, first of all, he is a God of love, and secondly, he died for us, and by trusting in him, he takes all the punishment on himself. So mm-hmm. say we, we disobey him and we do evil, yet we're Christians. God doesn't punish us again for what we did, although there may be natural consequences for what we do. You know, if you run your car into a tree because you were drinking too much, you're going to suffer the consequences of that. But that's not God's punishment on you. God has already punished Jesus. That would be double jeopardy if he were to punish you, or God would get two payments if he were to punish you and Jesus for the same crime. He can discipline us. That's a different thing. That's what Hebrews 12 talks about. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't punish us. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because we're in our TV show. We're going through the book of Galatians. And in Galatians chapter 3, Paul says this. He says, you foolish Galatians, who bewitched you before your very eyes? Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. He said, I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, you are now trying to attain your goal by human effort. Basically, he's saying you were saved by the Spirit by trusting in Christ, and you're also going to be sanctified by the Spirit by trusting in Christ. In other words, you're not going to be sanctified by adding the Old Testament law to salvation, to justification. You're going to be sanctified because you're out of gratitude for what Christ has done for you. You're going to obey his commandments. But by obeying those commandments, you're not winning brownie points with God. You're already given Christ's righteousness because you've already accepted the free gift of salvation. And we tend to think, oh, I'm better than you because I'm doing more than you. And God loves me more than you. No, God loves you the same. We become his children. Mm-hmm. We accept Christ uh, as our Savior. We become his children. We are wrapped in Christ's righteousness. Uh, I just fit, got finished uh, reading Galatians also. That was a big problem that Paul had to deal with, uh, the Roman church, uh, the, the Galatians, because you had you had a, a mix-up over, well, it was salvation plus the law. Right. You had a, you know, circumcision was necessary after you got saved, after you accepted Christ, because there was that confusion by the, I guess they were called Judaizers, Frank. Right. And, and they were trying to marry the law with the free gift of salvation. And Paul had to deal with that over and over and over again. Mm. Ray, what are your thoughts on this, uh, Frank, heretic? No, he's not. He's, he's simply giving us the truth of what it means to be saved by grace and to understand who we are because of what Jesus has done for us and not what we can do for ourselves. This is nothing but good old-time gospel preaching. Frank, thank you for giving us the truth this morning. Amen. Well, thanks. It's liberating, actually, and it, it takes is. away your pride because it, 
the glory all goes to God, not not anything you've done. Amen. 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 Well, all right. Thank you, Frank. We appreciate uh, you being on with us this morning. And may you have a wonderful uh, anniversary meal of squid and sushi and uh, fusion. <laughs> or Especially maybe, the fusion. Yeah, the fusion part. Well, hey, we, next Tuesday, would you tell us what fusion actually is? Oh, he's gone. Frank, did you get offended? Why? Huh? He's so sensitive. You know that, Frank. <laughs> we'll be back momentarily. <laughs> They should face some sort of consequences. At the very least, what you put on there should be true. And if it's not true, then it should be actionable. Major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative evangelical viewpoint. The American Family Association will no longer be canceled. Announcing AFA Streaming, our own video streaming platform, which will allow access to all AFA video content. AFA Streaming is now available. Learn more at AFA.net. If you like trips where you have to plan everything, then uh, maybe our tour is not for you. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman with American Family Association and American Family Radio. Of course, I'm talking about our spiritual heritage tours of Washington, D.C., Mount Vernon, and then a separate trip to Williamsburg, Virginia. But we take these spiritual heritage tours twice a year, once in June and once in September, and guess what? We take care of everything. All you have to do is, as they say, show up. Uh, Stephen McDowell of the Providence Foundation, who is a historian, will be joining us for both tours. And uh, he will comment and tell you everything you need to know about the places, the times, the events that we will experience on these tours of Washington, D.C. and Williamsburg. For all the information... Just go to the website, spiritualheritagetours.com for everything. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers. Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. There's a civil war brewing within the Republican Party. On one side, establishment Republicans. On the other, make America great again Republicans. And it appears the establishment has picked their guy to go up against former President Trump, none other than former Vice President Mike Pence. Last week, Pence publicly rebuked his former boss in a scathing speech at the Federalist Society. Over the weekend, Pence's former chief of staff said Trump had surrounded himself with grifters and snake oil salesmen. And former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie said Trump had incited the January 6th riot to intimidate Pence. Just a word of warning to Republicans on both sides. The battle is not against each other. It's against Biden's radical agenda. Establishment Republicans would be wise to pay attention to the polling and the base of the party. President Trump is not the enemy, folks. I'm Todd Starnes. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 1 Peter 1.3 American Family Radio This is Today's Issues. 
Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back to the uh, program Today's Issues on American Family Radio. I'm Tim Wildman with Fred Jackson and Ray Pritchard. And we thank you for listening to AFR, American Family Radio. Well, joining us right now is Sandy Rios. Uh, Sandy is Director of Governmental Affairs for American Family Association. So she represents our ministry in our nation's capital. And she's also the host of Sandy Rios in the Morning each weekday from 7 to 8 o'clock Central Time right here on this station. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning, Tim. Hey, uh, should we play the, uh, okay, we're going to play the testimony or the call from that Sandy received the other day from Debbie, Debbie Doster. Here we go. Let's listen. I just want to thank and praise our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is a beautiful, wonderful, good, good Father, and He looks out after all of us. Even when we don't sense His presence, He's walking with us through the valleys. I want to thank you. I want to thank Deborah Catalano from Liberty Council. Um, I want to thank the hundreds and thousands of people who listen to your show, who have called, written letters, emails, to the appropriate authorities that have made my reactivation on the kidney transplant list a reality. Well, that was Monday, I think it was. Sandia, is that Monday? Yes, yesterday, Monday, yes, hey, yes. Fill in the rest of the story. I guess maybe we could have done this in reverse, but fill in the rest of the story. For those. <laughs> well, Go ahead. Well, first of all, this is just like we, this is there a build, build an altar moment. And uh, let me see if I can put it in context. I had a call from Debbie in December. Uh, I was close to the end of the show. I had opened the phone lines, and she called to say, I, I just need someone to hear me, just someone hear me. I'm on, I've been on the kidney transplant list at Vanderbilt, and they've just called to tell me that they have removed me because I've not been vaccinated. My kidney is functioning at 19%. And uh, that's what started. And I didn't, we were running out of time. And I just had to say, oh my gosh, thank you for calling me. What's your contact information? And so I ca- called her. We talked it through. It turns out that she was a former basketball player from Murray State in Kentucky, a lifelong Tennessean. Uh, she got her PhD. She taught physics in the T- Tennessee public schools for years. She is a horsewoman. She is very active. She teaches Bible study uh, and this, you know, but her kidney's failing. And so uh, as she was on this list, she had several anonymous donors come forward to give a kidney to her. And one was a match. And that's probably part of partly the other. This is one of the more stinging moments. Well, of course, they took her off the list because she would not get vaccinated. She had given a religious exemption, asked for a religious exemption, and they refused it. And uh, we're pretty terse about it. And so um, that's the call that I got. And then we ask our listeners uh, to please call Vanderbilt and weigh in and tell them this is not acceptable. Uh, We had all kinds of listeners writing to me to tell Debbie other things that were connected to Vanderbilt. And then you guys got involved. Uh, Tim, you got involved. Uh, you sent a notice to all of our members, uh, AFA affiliates, 
in Tennessee, and they, you know, lambasted Vanderbilt. I mean, let's just say they overwhelmed them with phone calls. So many phone calls that they had to set up a separate phone line for Deborah Doster, which was kind of funny. And so um, this has been going on now, well, since in December. Uh, we got Debbie on Newsmax, got her uh, attorney with Liberty Council. They did a great job representing her. But still, it didn't look hopeful because I have to say with all the stories of people being removed from transplant lists in Ohio, uh, out of uh, Virginia, uh, I think Pennsylvania, the guy with the heart, I I've not heard of any hospital reversing, none. And so uh, that's why when Debbie was asked to Zoom with members of the staff last Thursday, or I guess it was last Friday, uh, and they announced to her that they were reversing, putting her back on the list. It was just shocking and thrilling. <laughs> it just unexpected. I would have to say that they were not happy about doing it. I think they were still kind of hostile to her, at least. I'm not saying the whole, everybody at Vanderbilt, talking about certain people, not happy about that. And so kind of, in a way, resentful, I think. Those are my words, not Debbie's. Uh, but nevertheless, this is an incredible moment. This is an incredible moment. I just think God really has heard her heart and her prayers and allowed us to be a part of that answered prayer, and, and I'm very grateful. So. Yeah, because Debbie was down to like 19% uh, of Actually. her kidney working, right? Yes. 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 Yeah. Sandy, Sandy I, Debbie Doster's story is, I think, just part of a, of a much larger story <clears throat> with regards to this pandemic and vaccinations that we have governments, state governments, federal governments that have endorsed the idea of punishing people for not making the decision the government wants you to make when it comes to vaccinations and masks and that sort of thing. Uh, I don't think any of us have ever seen anything like this. No. A government saying, I'm going to force you to take this medical procedure, and if you don't, I am going to punish you. And this, these edicts from governments have passed down to hospitals like Vanderbilt in this case, to schools, uh, uh, to businesses. We're going to punish businesses that don't force their employees to get vaccinated. We're going to throw people out of the military if they don't get a vaccination, despite the science that we see now that you can get a vaccination and still get sick and still pass the virus along to other people. So we're not following the science anymore, which goes to the point where we are just talking about these Democrat uh, in four states, governors saying we're going to get rid of the mask mandates. This is all political, Sandy. I, I'm just, we're two years into this now. I'd like your point of view on this, but I believe it's been politics over so-called health care. It absolutely, there's no question about that, Fred. I guess I'm so steeped. Uh, and what I believe is true and have been for, uh, I've always been a skeptic from the very beginning. I don't know why. I don't know. I'm not saying that I'm uh, any superior intellect. I, I know other words, other people were too. But I still thought maybe the vaccine, I wasn't sure. The jury was out and I surely didn't discourage people from getting it. Uh, but the more we've learned and we have learned so much, we know now that it does damage. These latest uh, stats from the military are shocking about the damage it's doing to our soldiers. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's not only that it's political, Fred, it's gotten worse. It's it's damning. It is wicked. They are forcing people to take something that is causing injury and, in some cases, death. 
that there is no, there's no, I've never, well, I've never known a situation where something's, it's can't, it's not just political. It's something worse going on here. Well, also the, 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 the ever changing Ray you might want to chime in on this one. The ever changing, um, quote science here, just specifically with the vaccine shots, we were told by the president of the United States, Joe Biden, last summer, that if you take the vaccine shots, you won't get COVID or you can't get COVID. Do we all remember this? Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. He, I don't think he was fact-checked <laughs> by anybody on that. But uh, that was just blatantly false. Not true. And here is the president of the United States disseminating that kind of information, false information, right, to the world. And well, and Tim, go, go, I'm sorry. No, go well, ahead. I'm just going to jump and say the other thing that he did on the other, and on the other hand, went further to say that uh, this was a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Yes. Which is yes. a complete lie. He kept right. saying that. Right. He said that mm-hmm. a month ago. Mm-hmm. Ray, Ray, go ahead. Weigh in. Well, there. Sandy, I want to make just a couple of comments and ask a specific question about Debbie's medical situation. First of all, Sandy, thank you for taking up her cause because you used the microphone, the airwaves, and you made a great difference in her life. And I want to say, secondly, this ought to tell us something, that it is possible, it is possible to make a difference by speaking up. I mean, a lot of people think it's not going to matter. But look, we got the truckers up in Canada. We, you know, they're making a difference up there. We got the situation there in Vanderbilt, for Vanderbilt, the medical center there to change their policy, their stated thing. That's unbelievable. So, so thank you to everybody who spoke out and made a call and so on. So, Sandy, specifically to Debbie's situation, is she now scheduled for surgery? Is it is it going to happen soon? Because it sounded like her situation was really a dire one. Well, she is very ill. Uh, uh, she told me that she's actually, she's personally feeling good, but the stats that they show her on paper, she's a very sick person, and it's in a very dangerous position. And she understands that uh, the bottom could drop out of her daily life any time. Uh, I asked her if the the kidney that had been identified that was compatible was still available, and she said they that's murky. I'm I'm still I'm not sure about the exact. There's no kidney standing in the wings waiting for her right now that we know of. Um, but she's back on the list. They said she they would that she would not have lost her place on that list. You know they move up in the uh, up up in the line as they've been on on it longer. So I don't know what her place is, but no, she's not. There's not a schedule. There's not an imminent kidney that I know of, unless something's changed in 24 hours. So she needs prayer. But I could I also say, Tim, if it's all right with you, I ask my listeners and I ask the listeners of your show uh, to call Vanderbilt and thank them. Mm-hmm. Let's shut down the phone lines in a in gratitude. Do you have the phone uh, number? I don't have it. Okay. I don't have. I figure it's Tell pretty about easy the Vanderbilt Hospital. Yeah, Vanderbilt University Hospital. I'm sure it's pretty easy to find. Or you can and, probably uh, send them an email too. And b- both ways, uh, go on the Vanderbilt Hospital yeah. website. Uh, the okay. reason I'm saying it, <clears throat> that is um, maybe they need their phone lines for their business, mm-hmm. but uh, it doesn't hurt to call and just say thank you real quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Just, uh, just let them know that. Just let them know we're grateful. Yeah. They did the right thing. You know, they did the right thing. Absolutely. And we're talking. If you'd want to know the uh, lady's name that we're talking about, Debbie. How does Debbie spell her last name? Do you know? D O S T E R, and it's a Deborah. D E B O R A H. Deborah and Doster. Deborah's from Tennessee. I don't know where she lives exactly, but she's the one who's receiving the kidney transplant, and the uh, the. The story we're talking about where Vanderbilt initially said no, uh, they would not give her a kidney transplant because she wasn't uh, vaccinated for the for the uh, COVID, received the COVID shot, and now they've come back and said uh, they've decided to change their mind and reverse themselves, and they will give her a kidney transplant. Listen, and, and Tim, you, go ahead. No, I'm, I have to say this again. I have to repeat. Have any of you heard of any hospital reversing their position on these transplant issues? I've not. No. 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 Uh, I remember this all started in Colorado about yep. four or five months ago where a similar situation and the Colorado hospital said, no, unless you get a, a shot, you can't uh, have your uh, transplant. I forgot if it was kidney or it seemed like it was, and the, uh, the person had to move to Texas in order to. Yeah, and then there was Cleveland. And then there's been Virginia, and I believe the heart patient uh, is, I believe it's Pennsylvania. He's the no, young man No, it's Massachusetts. It's Boston. Massachusetts? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, and the, and, yeah, and I know. They're making, it's a miracle. They're making the case for any medical people listening, because I hear this back. Uh, they're make, They, meaning the medical community that's doing these organ transplants, are making the case that they only have so many organs, and we all understand that. And they want to make sure that the patients who receive these organs have a good chance to survive and thrive. That's the reason. Uh, but the problem is the science is now showing that the vaccines are causing so many problems. They're breaking down immunity. It's mostly vaccinated people who are catching COVID right now. And, uh, and, in, and there are other things happening as a result of the vaccine. All you have to do is look at that Johns Hopkins report that came out recently and the Army reports on the, the data they're gathering on uh, service members, how horrific the side effects. And so it's it's almost like a, they're not caught up. You know, I had a doctor tell me, my own doctor told me recently that he's never seen a time where the medical community, doctors, know less about COVID and the shots and all of it than their patients. Because he said doctors only read the synopsis of the CDC or the F uh, of the NIH. They don't read the studies themselves. They just look at these paragraphs, and and that's how they gain their knowledge. Whatever the CDC says or the NIH, that's what they say. They don't have deep knowledge. The people, the patients, have more knowledge than the doctors right now. Wow. Um, okay. Well, listen. Thanks, Sandy, and great news. And uh, we're happy to celebrate with Debbie and. Uh, <laughs> And thank you yeah. for sharing that with us, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon, okay? Okay, thanks a lot, Tim. Thanks okay, a lot. It's a great day. Thank you. you okay, bye-bye. All right. Praise mm. the Lord. Praise the Lord is right. And, you know, there's there's so many stories in that. The fact that, that people, and Sandy alluded to this, that sometimes we get discouraged uh, when we hear the, the initial type stories, but also be encouraged from this, that you folks, listeners to American Family Radio, made a big difference in this case. A big difference yeah. by your phone calls, by your emails. That kind of pressure works. Did you see yesterday, speaking of the vaccine shots, and by the way, uh, you know, we've always said, you know, now Sandy, Sandy 
is taking a a, a different approach. Her, her approach is don't, mm-hmm. don't, but don't get the shots because of the reasons that she could enumerate, and she did some of those just a few minutes ago. But our approach here on this program has always been do your own homework, talk to your own doctor, mm-hmm. do your own research, okay? We're not uh, against the uh, vaccines or for the vaccines, okay? That's just the approach that, right. that, that, mm-hmm. we've, that we've taken. And uh, so, uh, but I will say this, the uh, right the the resistance to even wanting to examine whether or not the claims uh, you know uh, uh, of the negative reactions of a lot of people to the vaccine shots are true or not, and discuss those publicly. It seems like the medical establishment, the scientific establishment. Just like Dr. Fauci did a few months ago, where he said, "I don't know about natural immunity. We'll talk about it later." This is an infectious <laughs> disease, doctor. I'm going like, it's like asking a mathematician: is two plus two four? Would you discuss whether that's true or not? But anyway, I'm just saying that um, that uh, when you want to completely and utterly shut down any conversation, like they're trying to do with Joe Rogan right now, the podcaster, uh, it's just makes you skeptical when you start hearing the, you know, but you don't even want to talk kind of like a, a communist country where we, we discuss shut down any discussion of dissent or decisions made by the communist party. It's almost like that. But what I was referring to about, did you see, uh, what's the, what's the, uh, guy's name from Louisiana? Who's a Democrat consultant who speaks on TV a lot. Carville. Carville, James yeah. Carville. Yes. James Carville said yesterday publicly that he would like to uh, he would like to bash in the face anybody who didn't take the vaccine shots. Oh, I mean, I'm not kidding. Yeah. That's the that's the that's the that's the uh, attitude of a lot of these people. Uh, Submit or we will bash you in the face. That, no, he said that out loud. He said, "I wish I could hit in the face everybody who does." And who who has not gotten a vaccine shot? Mm-hmm. No caveats. No, I understand the skepticism. No, this is an experimental drug. Uh, nothing like that. Uh, nothing like I can I can understand the hesitancy or or anything like that. I, he I, he wanted to commit physical violence against anybody who didn't have the vaccine shot. And I'm just saying that seems to be. I'm not saying that's the dominant theme on the left against people it's out there though but it's out there it, and he's on tv there. and he's a spokesperson for the democrat party well uh, you just quoted president biden uh who has said it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated there has been an agenda to demonize people who decide i do not want to take this vaccination i don't want to do that it's not a it's not a pandemic of the unvaccinated that's not true i know huh at least be fair about it. If you're Biden, he can't even be fair about it. At least say, listen, people, the Omicron has proven that the, uh, the it hasn't raised it's no, no, it's no respecter of persons, no. right? Vaccinated, unvaccinated, you're probably going to get the Omicron, right? It, yeah, even with natural immunity. I had sure. natural immunity. Alice and my wife had natural immunity from last year. We got the antibodies. Well, we got COVID a month right. ago or six weeks ago. Got the Omicron. Um, I didn't have much uh, effects. She had some 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 uh, symptoms, 
But I'm just saying that the Omicron has proven that uh, the vaccination status doesn't matter because the, we're having our 10 millionth breakthrough case. <laughs> right. Like, right, right, right. Right. So, I mean, so quit, quit claiming moral superiority. Yes. Uh, on this because you promote a vaccine, which it doesn't keep you from getting COVID or spreading COVID. And, uh, and the Omicron is, is like a head cold That's for right. most people or the flu, unless you have serious underlying health uh, issues. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which the, the Omicron can be much more dangerous. Yeah. And which by the way, I was talking to Allison, uh, my wife, we talk a lot. We've been married <laughs> since 1984. So we talk a lot. Uh, but, uh, I was, we, we were talking about this and I, I said, you know what, if I were, uh, 70 years old and I had diabetes, serious diabetes or something like that, or I would get the, I would get the shot. Mm-hmm. I would get the COVID vaccine shot today. Mm-hmm. I would uh, now don't tell Sandy I said this. Okay. <laughs> but, 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 I, but I would, because listen, because every one of us has to make a judgment call on risk reward on things that affect our health right ray right so i would Look. so i would say listen here would be here would be my approach uh the chances of me dying if i get covid because i'm already unhealthy are pretty high so i'm right. going to take my chances with the vaccine which could prevent me from dying uh, could prevent me from dying so i'm going to i'm going to take my chances that way go ahead ray look we've said over and over again two keywords folks medical freedom we are in favor of medical freedom. We're in favor of the vaccine in this sense. Right. And everybody knows. I've said it. I've I got the two Pfizer last shots. Last summer it, or last spring, yeah, whenever last it was. Last spring, yeah. yeah. Have not gotten the booster. I've had COVID at least once, maybe twice. I think I probably had it about the same time, Tim. You had it about five or six weeks ago. Relatively mild case. Uh, so I, I feel like I'm about as taken care of as I could be. But I'm in favor of medical freedom. We Amen. are. Amen. We're saying if you want to get the shot, get it. If you decide not to, that's fine too. Talk to your doctor. Consider your own medical right. situation, and consider these alternative treatments. We're in favor of doctors right. being able to prescribe ivermectin right. if they think it's appropriate, right? right? And we think the pharmacist ought to fulfill those prescriptions if a doctor legitimately prescribes it. Medical you know, freedom, a- people. Yes, amen. I wrote a column about this. It'll be in the next journal, AFA Journal. But here's the part, Fred, that, that I have a hard time wrapping my head around. Why Why does – and this is what makes you skeptical, again, when it's just a one-way street and that's all that's, all that's accepted is one narrative by the uh, medical community or the scientific community. And, and that is why – for example – I know for a, we all know for a fact that ivermectin has worked for a lot of people because they yes. give because they give testimony to it. Yes. All right. right. Yes. So right. you telling me that thousands and thousands and thousands of people mm-hmm. just want to make this up? Yeah. Just want to just want to make up a wild story about ivermectin so that they can uh, and, and, and you know everybody's in on the on, on the joke, right? Yes. Right. That's what you have to believe. Or you can believe that maybe that maybe, or you can believe that this has worked for a lot of people, and and uh, they give testimony to it. Now, yeah. Ed said hydroxychloroquine mm-hmm. prevented him from having Ed Battagliano. I think Ed's a liar. For seven days, he said I took it and it prevented me from getting sicker 
Yes. The day I got off of it was the day I got sicker. Yeah. What I'm saying is, why would a doctor or a scientist mock that? Why wouldn't they just say, well, good for you. Mm-hmm. Good for you. I'm glad that worked for you, but I recommend something else. Yeah. Why don't you take that's sort of Ray, why don't they take that approach instead of saying, you ignorant flat earth bumpkin. I can't believe you took horse dewormer. Go ahead. <laughs> Look, the, the other the other question that we ought to be asking is, why in the world would the medical establishment gang up on legitimate doctors, MDs, yes. some cases PhDs, yes. who have said, we want the right to, we want this weapon in our arsenal. We want to prescribe it when it is appropriate. Why should those doctors be blackballed right. and in some cases lose their license because they are trying to practice good medicine? Well, this is what has irked so many people that social media, Facebook, we all have talked about this, that we're going to shut down anybody who disagrees with Dr. Fauci. That's, I, stop, well, look and, at, uh, stop and think about this. Case in point, Joe Rogan. Yes. Uh, 13 million uh, listeners to his podcast every time he releases one. Highly popular. They're, they're trying to cancel him now. We're two years into this. Dr. Fauci should be out there if he's the, taking the lead on this and saying, now it's time to investigate the effectiveness of natural immunity. Let's do some studies on this. Because uh, Tony Perkins had a doctor on last night talking about, and I think this is the figure he used, natural immunity 27 times more effective than the vaccinations. That may not be the case for everybody, but at least let's have the discussion. That's right. the problem people are having. You're shutting down any opinion that doesn't do- it agree. It seems like there's something to hide. Yes. <laughs> huh? Yes. It seems yeah. like there's something to hide when you when you keep punishing people for asking questions. Right? Yeah. For having an opinion different right. from somebody else. All right. We're a little worked up here. <laughs> We're going to take a break. Pop Settle ourselves I- down a little yeah. bit. I'm going to pop some ivermectin. <laughs> and we'll be back in five minutes. <laughs> The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.